This is Envision Self-Healing Podcast, episode number 72. The topic of the week this week is LASIK eye surgery risks. And in the question of the week, we answer a question we've gotten a few times. Uh, and in this case, from our bi-weekly coaching call, we get the question, can I do the sunning eye exercises wearing either contacts or glasses? Hi, I'm Will Fuller. And I'm Richard Miller. And we're the co-creators of EnvisionSelfHealing.com and are dedicated in helping you improve your eyesight and quality of life by taking healing into your own hands. Now, if you haven't had a chance already, don't forget to head over to the Envision Self Healing website where you can get your hands on a free ebook that's going to give you 10 top tips on how you can start improving your eyesight in our modern day world. Now, the topic of the week this week is LASIK eye surgery risks. And we're tackling this topic because for a couple reasons, uh, as, as vision improvement people, we're constantly being approached all the time, really, mm -hmm. should I do LASIK surgery? Yeah, um, and that's if, a question. Yeah, and if sometimes people will say they're doing LASIK surgery, we're, we're, I'm wanting at least to go and, and talk to them. So, <laughs> um, okay, so uh, the risks we're gonna go through are, we have four of them on our list, mm -hmm. and the first one is what's called halos or mm -hmm. ghosting, right? Yeah, I, th I think it's, it's important to, to point out that a, a lot of the kind of risks that we're gonna talk about today, because there, there are some, uh, I don't wanna say scare, scary websites where they, I yeah. think there's one called lasikdisasters.com or right. something, where, I mean, obviously you can find out where a lot of the procedures have gone wrong, but a lot of what we're gonna be talking about today is kind of where people have come to us, ironically, after their LASIK, right surgery and, and they've asked for solutions to the problems that they've experienced right. from the LASIK. Yeah. So uh, we sort of, we're not really here to bash LASIK or go right. down go down that road. We just kind of want to educate the population a little bit more right. um, because once you've had the LASIK, you've had the LASIK at, at that point and yeah, then there's not much done. you can do about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, I, I have to say when, when the cases that come to us with LASIK after mm -hmm. a LASIK surgery problem are some of our more complicated cases because yeah. they're just sort of like... It does make our job eye, more difficult. Yeah, it's not a natural <laughs> state of the eye. We're dealing yeah. with sort of a, a, an altered eye that we're uh -huh. having to now deal with. So, so we did, uh, and, and when we do start talking to people about the general risks that we're going to talk about today, they do say, oh, I, I didn't realize that, or I wish right. I'd known about that before. Or So we really kind of, we've been holding off a while to talk a little yeah. bit about LASIK, and, and we kind of feel like that. We, we should at least give some basic, obviously there's a lot of information out there for you to check out yourselves about the risks with LASIKs, but well, it, generally. It is like one of those social things, like it's so good, it sounds so good. Yeah. <laughs> we feel like we're like uh, insulting the goose that laid the golden egg or something yeah. like that. <laughs> so, okay, so the first risk we were mm -hmm. talking about was the uh, halos. halos are ghosting. Mm -hmm. And we're gonna descend them, the, the risks are gonna be from the most common to the least common. Mm -hmm. So, um, the ghosting is actually something that LASIK surgeons uh, in general consider to be not a complication mm -hmm. of the surgery. And it's a it's natural a part of the surgery, yeah. And that's probably why they don't necessarily call it a risk, because I suppose it's just normal. Yeah, it's the price you pay in some ways for LASIK yeah. surgery. Other than the thousands of dollars, there is an extra <laughs> price. So I said we wouldn't go down that road. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, and the halos um, are typically because of where they've actually done the procedure in the eye, 
Um, one part is that you've got a bit of scarring tissue there, yeah. so that as the pupils dilate, and this is why you see the glare and the halos more at night, as the pupils get bigger and bigger, um, it means that more light is let into the eye, which is what the eye does naturally so that you can see in the dark, um, because you're just like a camera, you're getting more light entering the eye, so the pupil naturally dilates. But it's hitting that area there at the, at the, at the corner of the, of the cornea, yeah. um, and um, yeah, certainly just just um, just around the outside of where they're going to do the procedure. And it means that as the pupil kind of uh, dilates, you're getting more light that's going to come in from, from either where the scarring is or from where there's a difference between where they've operated and where they haven't operated. Your natural lens and then your it's laser like lens the cornea is a pair of glasses and so this is the edge of your glasses essentially mm -hmm. this edge of the surgery and when the light when your pupils are big enough it's now illuminating the light can illuminate and shine into your eye that that edge of the surgery so it's, a, it's almost like a discrepancy um, between these two different areas there on the cornea the, the front of the eye um, yeah. so that as the light hits that it's going to cause this glare so yeah. The way they get around this is to either give you drugs um, or yeah. surgery to, to stop the pupil from dilating. Now, obviously, that's not, um, that's not great for That's us. not great. That's I not mean, something that we uh, wish on anyone. It is pretty funny that you're driving at night, you're having this, and some people it's so bad they can't drive at night mm -hmm. anymore. So. Yeah, and, I th and that's, that's why it's, it's come across yeah. for, for us in particular, um, because we know that when you do talk to specialists, they say, well, People have it anyway, um, when you drive at night anyway, you're right. going to see a little bit of glare because the pupil's dilating and the quality isn't as good of vision or, well, it's right. refractive error, so it's just natural. But we're getting people contacting us saying that they now can't even drive at night. And these, right. are, these are young people in their, in their early 20s, mid-20s that really should have another 50, 60 years of driving ahead of them. And uh, it's, it can be a challenge if, if this is you. And the solution is to give you uh, drops to, to constrict mm -hmm. your pupils, or which is going to reduce the amount of light coming in your eyes. So yeah. Anyway, yeah, so, so, the, so the, they're going to call it oversized pupil, which is sometimes we meet people that say they thought about getting LASIK and then they weren't allowed to have it done um, because of this effect that you're, yeah. you're going to have there with the pupils. So um, certainly something that a lot of people are surprised about and, and it's, it's like 30% um, of mm -hmm. patients get this, some, mm -hmm. some, some number around between and they, 25 and 30%. They say initially, again, when you bring this up, they might just say, well, it's just going to last for a couple of weeks, but there's no real yeah, telltale it, sign of who it's going to stay and who it's not going to yeah, stay. Yeah, they say sometimes weeks, sometimes once, sometimes a year, mm -hmm. da, da, da. so other people report having it long term. So, so and, and, and again, some people say, well, I'd rather... Yeah, oh, I don't drive at night, or I'm not going to be spending that, that time at night, right. or um, I would rather have the 2020 vision, if that's what you're able to be corrected to, than I would with the halos. But give it a serious thought, if, if that is you, that if, if it's going to bother you that you can't drive at night because the halos would be too much, well, that's a lot of the time it's also very kind of disturbing to people. They're not used to seeing this, um, these kind of halos around the light and it can be a challenge for them. So certainly a, a big thing to be think about, especially as this is part and parcel of the surgery and, and it is deemed still a successful surgery if this happens. So just, just bear right. that in mind. Um, and also whether you feel that you want to be taking drops uh, or, any kind, of, or, or, or whatever, any kind yeah. of medication. I mean, 
they probably say that as you get older, the pupils get weaker, so it's going to mm -hmm. happen naturally, which is true. Uh, but you're probably looking more in your fifties and and sixties. Yeah. And what the point of the exercises that we do here as well is, we want to really exercise the pupil and keep that strong and healthy, so that your pupil can dilate properly right. when you are. Um, getting uh, older as well so that you are able to get in more light so it is easier to see in the dark because it is yeah. an important aspect that we're losing and then if you have a further condition like retinitis pigmentosa like myself where I have difficulty seeing in the dark then um, it's very important that you have the ability to allow as much light to enter the eye as possible so plenty of things there to think about with uh, with the first risk. Yeah. Uh, and then for, for us, it's like they talk about, oh, you have too large of a pupil, like it's a, some defect. Yeah. And, for, yeah. and for us, it's like, great, you have a big pupil, it's wonderful, <laughs> you can go out at night and, and have good night vision. Yeah, so, yeah. Anyway, so that's the, the funny part about that, so. Um, so, but then with the, the second one then, um, is we're looking at dry eyes. Dry eyes, yeah. Which is certainly something that a lot of people are experiencing now anyway. It, if you've not seen it already, you should check out our um, eye strain series. We did about five podcasts on that. Just head over to envisionselfhealing.com or, or if you're watching this on, on YouTube, you can check out our channel or if you're listening to this iTunes and also check that out there. But we did a whole series on eye strain and a big problem with eye strain is dry eyes because right. we're not blinking enough. Yeah, so in some ways we have, a lot of people already have dry eyes. Mm -hmm. So, um, and, and dry eyes as a complication, or they do call this a complication, I believe, from, mm -hmm. from LASIK surgery. Yeah, well, they you know, say it's, it's a natural part post Post operational, will, yeah. Until yeah. the eyes adjust. Right. And then in theory, it's meant to disappear. Disappear. And, and that may be true in a lot of cases. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Yeah. But, and the solution again is using artificial tears or some mm -hmm. sort of. Um, so now you've got two bottles, <laughs> one for the pupil and one for the tears. I'm sure there's a drug company somewhere that's combined the two yeah. um, and making good money out of it. Yeah. Um, so. so obviously dry eyes isn't great. One thing is that it, it's, it can make the eyes feel sore, itchy, red, it can be very discomfort for you. And luckily for those where it's natural dry eyes, just from where they're not blinking enough, then they can just start blinking a little bit more and, and start working at reducing the eye strain and bringing neutrality back to the eyes. So mm -hmm. it helps everything flow evenly. But once you start messing with the structure of the eye, and, and like in this case, you're actually playing with the layer of the cornea there that's going to kind of affect um, how the eyes actually produce those tears and it causes the dry eyes in the first place, then it's not as simple as the natural way the body is meant to be functioning right, right. Um, in that sense. So again, dry eyes, you could say, well, I want to get rid of these glasses and uh, it's worth it. It's just dry eyes, yeah, it's yeah, just dry yeah. eyes. To think, think about it a little bit more, um, whether that is something that you want to, do you want to have to be putting eye drops in for the rest of your life? Do you want to have that feeling of dry, itchy eyes um, if, you know, if you decide not to take the drop? So certainly another thing to be considering yeah. there. And the, and the third one, and, and we're again becoming less and less common, but this one's still fairly common, which is um, the operation either overcorrected or mm -hmm. undercorrected you. Mm -hmm. So we've seen, we've seen both actually. Yeah. Uh, we we uh, dealt with a woman in Brazil who had, she went from being nearsighted to mm -hmm. being um, farsighted and, mm -hmm. and both, and her eyes were now different from each other. Yeah. So she had both farsightedness and now she was losing fusion, mm -hmm. or the ability to team the eyes together. So it, th think about it, for, for the individual, you, you've spent your whole life being, what was she, nearsighted? Yeah. 
Um, so she was used to seeing clearly from near, but blurry from far. And then overnight, from the or within 10 minutes, however long the surgery yeah, yeah. is, um, she then switched into being able to see clearly in the distance and not from near. So it, it was quite a, a tough thing yeah, for her brain to, to, to play with as well. So she's now seeing uh, the other way around. Um, and then on top of that, one eye was um, corrected more than the other. Right, right so, yeah. So one eye could see clearly um, in, the, in the distance and, and one saw clearly for near. And it, it think, um, and although they might encourage this, it's called monovision, they try and do it with glasses and, right. and whatnot. But what it's doing is the brain is using both eyes. It takes the images from both eyes as it, it superimposes one on the other, crosses back into the brain, and then the brain puts the two images together, and then the rest of the process of adding memory and sounds and whatnot goes along with it. Now, if you've got two conflicting images, the brain is trying to put this image together, and it can't make it. So what she was having this problem with is two completely different images is the brain wouldn't hold it in one position and she was uh, having trouble fusing, fusing that one image yeah. in slight double vision as well. So not only now, her, neither of her eyes is 20-20 and they're mm -hmm. not the same, and she's having trouble even fusing. getting double vision yeah. now from this thing. So. And that, I mean, we, we work with many individual conditions. One is farsightedness, so we work with, we take that and, and work with that as one issue. We've got the nearsightedness, and we kind of take that as one issue and, and work with that separately. And then also fusion uh, and double vision, which can be very stressful for the in individual, very, very tiring, creates lots of migraines. Um, dealing with that as well is a separate issue. She managed to land all three of them yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> at once, and it's certainly something that she, she wouldn't want to go through again. But we also commonly hear from people saying that they were kind of overcorrected or undercorrected. Both eyes, not as serious with the with the fusion right. issues, um, but it's still certainly um, challenging for the individual, especially as like we say, the brain was used to one thing and now it's working with the other. And people then do come to us and say, "What eye exercises? Now what? What do should I do, I do now?" now? Yeah. So and yeah. it, it's a challenge for us. And um, sadly, over the years, we're going to have to develop. Yeah. a specific program to work with people because we work with the natural structures of the eye um, to help improve it and with the brain. And when you start playing with the structures of the eye and start playing with the brain, um, then it certainly makes our job a little bit more difficult and yeah. it makes the body's job more difficult to heal. Right. Um, so it can be a little bit more challenging. So over being overcorrected and undercorrected um, is certainly an issue that we're Seeing, um, yeah, and, and, and I think probably the more common one than the one we were describing from the woman from Brazil is just being slightly undercorrected. Mm -hmm. So you started out nearsighted, now you're still a little nearsighted. Yeah. So they'll often schedule for the next surgery to, to, mm -hmm. to touch it up or enhance it or whatever they want to call it. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, it, it could kind of lead into the next one really about the risk of what we were talking uh, yeah. about, about the glasses, yeah. um, not needing your glasses. Because if we're going to put it in order, if the complications one is it's probably the last, at the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, it sounds pretty common um, that, that people, well, we know that after five, ten years, people are going to need either to wear glasses again right. um, as, you know, as, as the eyes worsen. And the reason why we know this is because the doctors tell us that your eyes can only get worse. They can't improve. As right. you age, your vision deteriorates. And that is why you have to... Um, continue to increase your prescription with your glasses. Right, so you can imagine if this is the pattern of your life, your, your glasses are gonna get stronger and stronger. They come in and do a surgical correction at this point in their life, 
your vision is going to continue to change and you're going to be wearing glasses again. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe they're half the strength they would be, mm -hmm. but you're still wearing glasses in uh, 10, 15 years perhaps. So one of the reasons why we say this and, and why this is kind of connected to being undercorrected or overcorrected is it seems to be a very large percentage of people getting LASIK are people that don't want to wear glasses. Ever, for the rest of their life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but also uh, for those, for uh, it's really cosmetic yeah, surgery. Exactly, I remember, yeah. I, don't, I don't know whether it's popular now, but they used to put diamonds or jewels or they used to put it in your teeth, right? There was really? a, a process where you could put it on your, your tooth. It's, it's cosmetic surgery. It's, it's so uh, that you, um, I'm saying here now with a LASIK, it's so that you don't have to wear your glasses right. um, or, or your contact lenses, but more so with the glasses because people don't want to have to, people to be wearing glasses. Right. So if you've been slightly undercorrected or slightly overcorrected, you've still got to wear right. glasses right. Um, regardless. Right. So, so um, if you've been undercorrected, overcorrected, you're going to have to wear glasses. And perhaps in five to 10, uh -huh. maybe 15 years, you're going to wear your glasses anyway, because your vision will have deteriorated and changed yeah. from your lifestyle. So. so some people could say, well, you're saying natural vision improvement. Um, you can keep your eyes where they are, keep them strong, keep them healthy. Uh, then maybe, I suppose you could have the LASIK surgery and then do the eye exercises to try and keep to that LASIK area. But I suppose yeah. if you do too good with your eye exercises, then you then might you would overcorrect it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See how it makes things slightly uh, complicated once yeah. you start playing with We actually came up eye. with a strategy just before the podcast of like, okay, you could get LASIK surgery and then we could hold, do the exercises to hold you in that, in that uh -huh. state, right? So you wouldn't have to, at least they wouldn't deteriorate. <laughs> but here's the, the final risk though, is you've had surgery you've compromised the surface of your eye, which is a very sensitive mm -hmm. organ. Mm -hmm. And so you've made an incision, all of these uh, possible risks you've taken with surgery. And there's a risk of fur, there are, there's a smaller mm -hmm. percentage of the population who has a surgery who has significant problems mm -hmm. just from having the eye surgery. So that's the lowest risk, but you are mm -hmm. always taking that risk. Uh, with LASIK. So. Yeah, and they're going to say it's a very small percentage, um, but still, it's the, this, is the, this is the eye that we're talking about. It's, it's a fine structure. It's, yeah. it's put together every... When, when she starts studying the eye and how all the different layers of the eye yeah. um, are designed to increase vision and make vision nice and crisp and clear, once you start playing with different structures within that, um, you know, you're, you're really messing with with vision and, and things that could go wrong. And in particular here, they're cutting a, a flap um, of the cornea. So uh, when you look up other risks of LASIK, even from the LASIK doctors themselves, they're gonna say that one of the risks is that maybe this flap isn't gonna go back again properly or there might be a wrinkle. Um, they're gonna poo-poo it by saying, well, it's only 1% or whatever statistic that they've right. got. Um, but I would, personally, I would rather not be in, in that 1%. Yeah. Um, and we do work with um, lots of people that uh, na have natural um, things that have gone wrong that they wish if they could go back, it wouldn't have happened. And the idea that you're volunteering out of maybe vanity or, or, yeah. or something else, um, that this could happen to you, it, it just... It, from us, I guess it's easier for us because we work with people all the time with these serious conditions and, and we know a lot of people that would give uh, anything to have the vision that 90% yeah. of these people already have. Right. Uh, it just isn't really worth the risk for us, yeah. even though it is a small percentage. 
why make that risk? Yeah. Um, especially as in five, ten years' time, you could end up having to wear glasses again anyway. Anyways, yeah. uh, and then what they're going to do is they say you could have a touch-up, again, a cosmetic surgeon terminology there, a touch-up. Yeah, it's true. Uh, but again, it's another surgery. They're peeling back the eye, they're lasering off layer, they're making yeah. glasses out of your cornea. Um, is it really worth that risk? And I know a lot of you listening now are just going to say yes, uh, yeah, which, yeah. in which case, fine, that's up to you. Um, but we really wanted to take this opportunity to at least get you thinking about it a little bit more. And uh, for people that might not have known some of these risks, because you are, I mean, they're, they're adverts now. I know there's a lot with uh, sports teams and I oh, even right, see right, now yeah. on uh, Groupon and Amazon deals, Lasix, oh, yeah, buy yeah. one, I get one free. Yeah. Uh, and it really makes light of it, but it is a surgery. It is something that you need to consider seriously. Um, is it really worth any of the risks that we've just mentioned to get rid of your glasses? And of course, the, the final thing really that we think that if you really do want to get rid of your glasses, there is certainly a safer way, yes. um, something that avoids uh, the risks that we were talking about, something that also lasts longer, that isn't just going to fade away after a couple of years. But it does involve a little bit of more effort. More effort, um, yeah. But that is uh, eye exercises and natural vision improvement of actually working with the natural structures of the eye, working with the brain, working with um, sort of eye gym, you might have heard it, or eye yoga, or vision training, uh, Bates work, there's lots of different names for it. Um, but the idea of that is that you're exercising the eye itself naturally to achieve what it is that you're trying to achieve in 15 minutes with the laser. Yeah. Um, and sometimes we do um, suggest to people just go get LASIK <laughs> when, uh, when they, they go with the exercises and they, they want results within, yeah. within a couple of minutes. You know, they don't understand why they're not seeing 20-20 vision. You, you know, I was, this is, it relates LASIK to eye exercise. I realized when I was 20, I was mm -hmm. vain enough that I didn't want to wear my glasses at all. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know about eye exercise at the time. So in some ways, my vanity led to me doing <laughs> eye exercises inadvertently, yeah. right? I, I agree <laughs> with you, actually. I did the same. I, I, was, uh, I used to wear glasses. I'd worn glasses since I was five. I've now not worn them for six years. And um, I think it was around the time at university. It was the same yeah. thing. I, I didn't want to wear my glasses. I wasn't when getting I was enough out. girls, right? <laughs> Take the glasses off. So the glasses came, <laughs> and I, I shifted to contact lenses and just messing around with the contacts were too much. Yeah, and, yeah. And sometimes I'd fall asleep with them in, and my eyes would be all big and puffy, uh, or indeed one would drop out, all this kind of stuff. So I just, just the same thing. I stopped wearing my glasses um, more and more, and then. As I started, to found, then I then found out about the eye exercises right. and started doing them, uh, and certainly that meant that I now that I now no longer need to wear glasses. So here's my here's my point: use the the, the desire to get rid of your glasses, even mm -hmm. if it's for vanity's sake, uh -huh. and instead of going to the LASIK surgeon, start doing eye exercises. Yeah. it's a it's a great motivation <laughs> to do the eye exercises. So I suppose there's a pro pros and cons. The con with the eye exercises is it is going to take time. It's yes. not going to happen overnight. Although you could just take your glasses off now. And if you're okay with your 2060 vision, mm -hmm. with your glasses off, if you can just become comfortable with that, there yeah. you are. You have no glasses. That's true. Yeah. That's true. That's a lot. That would save you thousands of dollars. It would. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and and in fact, that if if you're interested in someone across the bar. Uh, and you're worried that you can't see them, it gives you an excuse to walk up close. There you go. Uh, and then even, maybe even a, a chat up line could be, um, well, I was going to say, I can't see you very clearly. <laughs> I'm doing eye exercises. <laughs> I'm doing eye exercises. <laughs> um, and a nice little icebreaker there, because they're asking what eye exercises are. 
Um, but certainly that there's ways around it if that yeah. is your, your particular motivation. So we would, at least we would recommend if you're considering LASIK, is to give the eye exercises a go for at yeah. least six months. Um, give it the time they deserve. Your eyes, uh, it's taken for a lot of you 15, 20, 30 years for your eyes to get in the position where they are now. It's going to take time to get it back again. Right. But at least give the exercises a shot for at least the next six months. If you don't see any improvements, um, then sure, you go with a LASIK, you've not lost anything. And in fact, LASIK will probably be cheaper by yeah, then anyway. Cheaper, more, yeah. more deals coming out and, and more, more technology coming out. So yeah. uh, you'd even save yourself a little bit of money. Sounds good. Um, but if you're unsure about the eye exercises, and again, a lot of people go, well, I would do, but um, there could be scams or people yeah. are just trying to scam money out of us. This is why if you head over to envisionselfhealing.com, uh, you will see eye exercises there for free that you can try because we really want to try and encourage you to realize that you can improve your eyesight naturally. You can do these eye exercises and start seeing improvements. So you can avoid the expense that you've got with LASIK, but also any of the risks that it, in, it involves. And we spend a lot, of, uh, a lot of our time working on our own vision to try and improve it and a lot of our time working with our clients to try and get them the best vision as possible. So it's really worth you working at it naturally, especially if it is just what, because of the refractive errors, it's something you can work with yeah. rel relatively, relatively easily, easily yeah. um, compared to what we're used to working especially with. Especially compared to someone with bad LASIK experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, you're better off working with the eye exercises before yeah. LASIK than you are after LASIK. It's a lot easier before. Yeah, it is. Um, but if you, if, you do, uh, if you have had LASIK surgery, um, although we're joking about it, uh, you yeah. can still do these exercises and you can still work at improving your vision and maintaining your vision. So still give it a go even if you have been overcorrected or you have had particular side effects True. and work on that as well. Okay. Okay, great. Well, I think that's a good time to move on to question of the week. And the question of the week this week involves doing sunning. Can I leave on my glasses or my contact lenses? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. It's basically, <laughs> the answer is no, uh, for a very good reason. Some of the eye exercises, people say, can I leave glasses on? Mm -hmm. And there's, it's still a head scratcher for us because yeah. it's like you're trying to use your natural vision in doing eye exercises, so we can't understand why you would want to do that. Yeah, you, you, I mean, sorry to jump in there, Rich, yeah. but just, just kind of think of it as natural vision improvement. Right. Uh, you want to work with your vision naturally, uh, full stop. Right. And if it's a case that you have to do the exercises and then put your glasses back on afterwards, okay, that's what you have to do. Um, but the idea is that you're working with your natural vision. If you've right. got glasses, that's not your natural vision. That's something in front of your eyes changing the, the, the error of refraction. So um, working with your eyes naturally, that includes with distance looking. You want to not have your glasses on sunning. Um, you particularly don't want to have your glasses on. One reason is because especially if you have plus lenses, mm -hmm. then you are magnifying. Okay, it's not too much, but you are still magnifying uh, the light. Uh, with that and of course if you're wearing contact lenses that's actually touching the surface of the eye 
uh, and, and playing with what's going on there. Um, and you really, yeah. it wants to be natural as much as possible. And this is why we don't recommend doing sunning through a window. Any kind of uh, glass is in some ways magnifying the sunlight. Mm -hmm. And the glasses are even more so. And as you say, plus lenses are the most extreme example of that. Yeah. So we don't want to magnify the sunlight to cause mm -hmm. potential harm to your retina. So. so it's difficult for us because some people say, well, I just won't do eye exercises. Um, then because I, I have to wear my glasses during the day or I've got contact lenses, I can't take, them, take out them out and put them yeah. in. So but I think what we do next week is why, why don't we do a bit of a podcast on uh, glasses and, and Contacts, contact lenses yeah. and, and we'll see if we can come up with a few more reasons um, why glasses are a little bit easier to, to yeah. wear in particular related to eye exercises. Um, but also, because uh, I was saying there with sunning is you can just take the glasses off. So. Right. We'll chat about that a little bit more next week to give you guys a little bit more information. Uh, but just so you know, with the eye exercises, it is best to wear no corrective lenses for safety issues, um, as well as just for the benefits of doing the eye exercises. So give those a go. Yep. Okay, great. Well, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you want to know, if you want to know a lot more information about eye exercises and natural vision improvement, then be sure to head over to our website at envisionselfhealing.com. You can also get your hands on a free ebook that's going to give you all the information about the background of eye exercises and indeed how you can start improving your eyesight. There's also uh, a new page there that we've just opened up. Oh, yeah. uh, Do they work? Where we've managed to gather some um, information and testimonials from other people that uh, show that the eye exercises indeed do work. So head over there and read that. Don't just take our word that these eye exercises work. You can find other people as well that that's worked. If you uh, enjoyed this, then uh, feel free to like this or, or share it with your friends. You can also head over to our Facebook fan page. Just type in Envision Self Healing into Facebook and like our page there and again, share the information. Um, we tend to post lots of our, our podcasts there and blogs and any information and, and latest research that we find there that we could stick up on the website. You could also subscribe to this on YouTube, subscribe to our channel or indeed on iTunes you could subscribe uh, and indeed you could also follow us on Twitter as well. Okay, great. Well, good luck with your eye exercises everybody this weekend uh, and indeed this week and happy healing. And have a good week.